Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome to the Breakaway Wealth Podcast. This is your host today, Nick Costco. Today I have with me a very awesome guest as my co-host, Harper Jones. Welcome, Harper. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's talk some uh, real estate in IBC. It's fantastic. And uh, to, to the audience, you recognize Harper from an episode a couple of weeks ago. Harper is uh, one of one of the uh, uh, wealth strategists here at Create Tailwind. Uh, he's down in Knoxville. He's been uh, swimming in the real estate space for a number of years. And uh, we've had a lot of great conversation uh, about infinite banking and tying it into real estate. And, you know, it's a common theme around here is, you know, we want to practice what we preach. We do practice what we preach. And uh, we've listened to some feedback from uh, a lot of you who, who we talk with on a regular basis who have said, hey, we want to hear some real stories of some, some you know, details of things you guys are doing uh, to put your money in motion or t- let's, let's have some of your clients on and, and them share their story. So you heard um, uh, Brandon Turner a couple of weeks ago, we had Travis Wood on recently. Those guys are sharing their stories and um, you know, we're willing to, to, to meet with you on, on a one-on-one basis and peel back the onion even more. And what we're going to do in this episode, there's actually going to be a companion uh, YouTube video that you'll be able to find online. It'll be in the show notes um, and then on our YouTube channel. And, and Harper and I are going to go through and we're going to record a, a screen share of the Excel spreadsheet that comprises this real estate deal. So what I'm going to have uh, Harper do is um, he's going to give us a little bit of, uh, of a story about how this deal came to him. And then we're going to kind of dive into the numbers a little bit. There's a lot of nuances to this. And when you hear this deal, I don't want you to, it may strike you and I'll just kind of give you a sneak peek. It's a $1.2 million real estate deal. You may say, hey, that's really boring. I'm looking for $120 million real estate deals. Just add two zeros. It's the same thing. If this sounds like too big of a deal and you say, there's no way that I'm going to have a couple hundred thousand to bring to the table. I just want you to know that you could do this deal without putting a dollar out of your pocket. Okay. And that may sound unrealistic, um, but I was just following a thread on Twitter uh, yesterday and there were multiple posts uh, containing people doing deals exactly like this. So, all right, I'm going to get out of the way and I want to, I want to hear Harper tell us uh, how this deal came to you. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nick. I uh, was going to talk some about uh, how this deal happened, I guess, first, and then kind of dive in more to the overview of the deal. And then, you know, some of the numbers and we'll have uh, some sort of webinar or video where you guys could find uh, to watch. Yeah, like like Nick said, a screen recording, whether that's in the show notes or a couple weeks after just depends on um, what the plan is with the deal. And we want to get that as accurate and detailed for, for you guys as you guys uh um, can see it. So we'll definitely keep you posted and do that. But uh, the breakdown of how this deal happened, and this is just one deal, you know, there's plenty of different deals that happen uh, different, unique ways. And that's why I love uh, real estate. And that's why I like uh, infinite banking is there's so many different ways you can do things if you just think. 
So uh, this deal specifically came from a direct mail letter that we sent out to the owner. So uh, over the years we've sent, and uh, for a lot of our marketing, we sent a lot of letters out, but we've sent this one letter out and, and I had received a call. I believe I took that one uh, live. I didn't call him back, but I took it live. I think we had a good conversation there for, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 minutes. And uh, he said he was interested in selling a, a piece of property we mailed him about. And uh, it turns out he says, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested in selling that. <laughs> well, I'm like, why'd you call him to say you're interested <laughs> in selling that? And he says, well, I'm only interested in selling that if, if you buy everything I have. So I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> what are the other, you know, properties and assets you have? So it turns out he had, I guess it breaks down to about 36 or so units. It's maybe a, a 12 or so parcels of apartments, commercial buildings, um, uh, manufactured uh, houses, and uh, um, some other apartments and different things like that. But the sellers wanted to uh, sell everything fairly quickly since they had a few personal things going on. And uh, since there was um, a couple of different types of properties, made it a little bit tricky. Uh, if first, their price point was uh, definitely a little high and they weren't budging hardly at all. I, I really liked the deal and there's some good assets in there. But the deal was just uh, not working out at the price point they wanted and they wanted to do it the traditional way. You know, hey, we just want cash or you just get bank financing, cash is fully out. And so I really had to start thinking on, on how to make this one work. So I spent a lot of time in the Excel sheet and kind of just mapping stuff on a whiteboard saying, how, how can we make this work and whatnot. And uh, my uh, partners there and some other people were like, you know, I just don't see the deal working the traditional route. And, and I totally agreed with them. Uh, but I, you know, I listened to them, but I kept thinking, knowing I think there was a way to get this one done. I know that they were motivated to sell. And they wanted to get it done. So I said, okay, well, let's just focus on, you know, solving the seller's problems and not think about trying to get some great deal. Let's first start with uh, trying to solve the, uh, uh, the seller's problems and get what they wanted to do a, a win-win situation. Because uh, as, as we know, you know, humans act on, on emotion, not logic, right, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, if you, if you can help enough other people saw, you know, achieve their goals and your goals will take care of themselves. You just, you just made me think of that. Yeah. I'm not quite sure who said that, but I've, I've heard that before and I, I totally agree with you. Hey, let me ask you how long, like at, from the time that you got that first call, that live call to the time where you feel like you really had it uh, cemented about how you're, you're going to close the deal. Right, ballpark timeline. Uh, to get the initial contract or to the whole entire like close the deal? Uh, to the initial contract. So uh, just the initial call to the uh, first signed contract we had with the sellers is probably, I would say approaching 60 days. So 30, 60 yeah. days. So there is a lot of follow-up. Yeah. So do you think that you could have gotten a significantly reduced price had you just brought all cash to the table? Yes, I think. I think we could have gotten a little bit better price, but nothing, nothing that would still make the deal work. Yeah. So I, I took the more creative route um, because they just weren't budging enough for us. And, yeah. and that's where the point where I was bringing up, you got to be focused on um, solving their problems. So what I realized when I let him talk more instead of saying, hey, you know, these numbers don't work, he was just stuck on, well, the real estate's this, I put this money in it, and this is the income I get back. And so he was focused on what his monthly income was and so I started putting the focus there and ended up saying, okay, okay, well, what if we just give you an X amount of money per month 
and just pay that um, uh, to you, you know, indefinitely or, or X amount of years or whatever that is. And he says, okay, well, I'm open to that. And yeah. so we kept talking back and forth and we finally settled on um, some creative numbers that that was a win-win situation that we can dive into a little bit later. But that's how we ended up getting to the first contract and, and going from there. But yeah, that was probably, you know, close to 60 days. So some yeah. of it is just a lot of, a, you know, follow-up. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I like that. So one question that I've asked people when I know they're trying to sell something is like, they want, they don't want to do owner financing. And, and so, well, what if I could just protect your cash flow? And that's what you did. You protected his cash flow, that mailbox money that he's getting by him playing the banker. It's perfect. It's a perfect solution for him because if he gets a check uh, for $1.2 million, he's got a whole another problem to solve, right? Yeah. So that's, that's uh, also what I was talking about. Cause he, he brought up, well, I'm going to have to pay taxes on that. I said, well, you know, if we went out, you may be able to limit your, you know, your tax bill. Now, of course I have to give the disclaimer and say, you know, talk to your accountant and lawyer and whatnot. But I said, this, this should work out to where you are in a better position. And for him, he just didn't want to reinvest the, uh, um, the proceeds per se. He just, he just was so focused on that income stream. So um, that's, that's kind of where we went with it. You know, it's, it's perfect that you say that not, not necessarily going to redeploy those income streams is because when we're playing the banker, when we look at it from our standpoint and what we see our other clients doing, when we deploy our capital, we're doing it in something that that capital is going to flow back to us because we're going to buy a cash flow asset. So that money's going to flow back through a bank that we own and control. And then we're going to do something that we talk about in our presentation, the velocity of money. So we're going to take that capital and redeploy it and try to take down another, another portfolio or business opportunity. Now we've got multi, multitasking dollars. And it's like, it's kind of funny, Harper. We'll say, well, let's dig into the rate of return on this deal. Well, it may not be flashy to someone, but we're going to do it over and over again, you know, three, four, 10 times or more. Well, what's my rate of return on that dollar now? What's well, thinking hard to figure out. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So one other thing I would add in there is a lot of people won't get owner financing deals. And I've, I've fallen into this trap and still do, right? You know, I may try to say, hey, well, would you be consider holding a note or, or, or be in the bank or owner financing? I, everyone's different. And there's different ways you can kind of word things right. and get them thinking about it because it's one of those words that's just a turnoff. It's very similar to you know, if you say life insurance, a lot of people shut down and not even consider what you have to say because they just associate it with being a bad return or whatever that is without even diving in. Same thing with owner financing. Uh, to sellers, a lot of people would be like, oh, no, 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 you know, and just not even listen to you. So you just got to go a different way of presenting it and then, you know, kind of show them the facts and numbers for, from there. Yeah, that's great. I, that's Someone had said to me, hey, what if I could show you how to protect that income that you've got on that property? And uh, that's where I picked that up from was, you know, nothing's original, right? So I, I, I borrowed that from someone else. But uh, you want to dig, you, you ready to dig into the overview of the deal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But one thing I would say uh, before we dig into the overview of the deal is in real estate, if you can't get the price you need, then go for the terms. Yeah. Uh, always go for the terms. Think outside the box. You'll be surprised what type of deals you put together that the typical person doesn't even consider because they're not thinking. Yeah. You know, different ways to put it together. 
Yeah. You know, you know, it's a great example of that Harper is the auto dealership, right? Like they can't get you to, they can't get you to walk in with cash for $75,000 new car, right? Like the, the big SUV anymore. So they got to entice you with 0% interest, right? And t- tell me what payment you need, you know, so we see it all the time. So just apply that, those lessons that we're seeing around us to trying to solve a, a, a real estate deal. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. So, well, we'll dive into the overview of the deal here. Uh, it is uh, 12 properties, consists of 36 total units. Uh, it's located in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, ranging from apartments, single family houses, modular homes, commercial buildings, and a billboard. Uh, most all the properties are in pretty solid shape and, and in pretty good area. Uh, bulk portfolio is meant to be held uh, long term for debt pay down, uh, rental income, and appreciation of the real estate. That's why we're um, going in for it, is, is for those main reasons there. Uh, the portfolio is owned outright by the sellers, maybe like a small note or two on it, but you know, primarily it's owned outright, and that's what gave them you know, the flexibility to be able to hold a note and do some owner financing. Um, Overall, the seller's financing a good portion of the portfolio. And we ended up going back and forth. And I just never mentioned the interest rate. So they're actually holding, um, you know, I think it's, uh, gosh, the LT, it's about 87% loan to value effectively. Uh, it's 0%, you know, for eight and three quarters years. <laughs> and someone say, hey, you know, how'd you get someone to do that? Well, you know, I didn't necessarily ask. I just presented it a different way and, and they were okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> but they were, they were stuck on a higher price. So we had to do a little bit of a hybrid. We did have to give them a down payment, partial down payment, and they'd hold the rest, which I think they would have done it without the down payment, but their, their you know, counsel, their attorney advised them to get a down payment, which, which is fine. I was okay with that. But yeah. um, the 0% and, and some of these better terms I'll dive into where it was a trade-off. You know, they were wanting their price and they, they went down on the original price that they had. But I said, look, I just, I can never pay this. No one's ever going to pay this price here. Well, not at, you know, maybe someone would, but I definitely would not. And I said, look, I can give you your price, but you got to work for me on terms, you know, and at 0%. So if you discount that over those 18 and three quarters years, you know, it works well for both parties. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, to get in there, since we had to do a down payment, what we're doing to limit the amount of money we got to inject in the deal effectively is in, in the persons and sale agreement, we had the ability to assign off certain parcels uh, and use those uh, proceeds at closing. So we don't have to come with a bigger check. So we're going to sign off three of the 12 properties and use that for the down payment. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we ended up negotiating uh, uh, non-recourse. So there's no personal guarantee. Uh, like I said, 0% for 18, three quarters years. So every dollar we pay in our loan payment uh, is hundred percent of principal, which uh, works out, I think 48,000 a year or 4,000 a month. So that, you know, that's a nice feel. Uh, there's no balloon payment, no prepayment, and we have the ability to partial release. So this is where it can get a little confusing, but essentially out of the portfolio we have there, as long as whatever the current loan balance is, let's say it's a million dollars, then we just have to keep 115% of the current loan balance. That'd be 1.15 million uh, on a decreasing basis. So that's like on a rolling basis as we pay that down, which is 48 grand a year. So effectively, that should be 80% loan to value if I did my numbers correct. And uh, we could partially release one or a handful of those assets as long as that remaining value is, is uh, equal or above that amount. So that means that we can outright own other assets and partial release if the other ones, um, you know, or that um, equate to that 
collateral value we have listed in the operating agreement and uh, sell that off, refinance or seller finance someone else. So that means uh, they're loaning us the money, uh, you know, that, that million bucks or so um, over the 18 and three quarters years, 0%. Well, if we can partially release and free up a couple hundred thousand dollars, that means we can play with free money, essentially is how I look at it. And we can go reinvest that or return our capital that we inject and be in it with no money. So hopefully, uh, was that, was that easy to follow there, Nick, or did I go to, uh, yeah, it, no, I, I think it's great. And I think that it's, it's, you can kind of think of it, Hey, the bank is going to, if we were borrowing from a bank, they're going to put a lien on, on particular properties, but as long as there's enough collateral for them, then we could start removing pieces, pieces from the equation. And that, and that's just how, how we're, how you're saying it is as some of these other properties get more and more valuable. I mean, there's one of these pieces that's a, a 10 plex that the rents are ridiculously low. So it's funny when I asked you, I was like, Hey, what should this be? Is like, you're like double. So, you know, if you're, if you're valuating a 10 plex, well, we're going to look at that from an income, from a revenue standpoint. So we may be able to significantly increase the value of that. Well, the, the bank, the seller is going to have more collateral there. He'd have more than the 87% loan to value. So we would, we would have to, we would be able to trade that out. And, and is that another way to say that fairly? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. One thing I would add in there too, is, you know, they were there they were stuck on their price. So I, you know, I said, okay, well, I got to throw some terms in there. And one of those terms was that uh, us as the purchaser before or after closing at any time have the ability to appraise one or all of the assets and use that collateral value. So for example, the seller and I agreed on collateral value, didn't get them appraised at first, which would be the 115% or the loan to value. And those are locked in. No one can change that except uh, us, the buyers, before or after closing, can reappraise. So, like that ten unit you were saying, say we have the value of it at uh, three seventy five, we could probably get that appraised around five five hundred and have another one hundred and twenty five um, room there to partially release another asset or something, and do that to a few of them, maybe release a few of the parcels. Yeah. But they can't do the same to us. So that uh, gives us the ability, has some more flexibility um, in the deal there. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I love how you you trade you you traded back and forth through this. Uh, one humongous key, and one thing I really appreciate about you is is communicating, being clear. Clear is kind, right? So, hey, this is what I need to get this done. What do you need on your end? So you're just working to to a, a solution. That guy had a problem. The seller's got a problem. You were seeking to solve it. And you clearly, you clearly communicated uh, the various different ways to do that. And I, and I thought, I think that by doing that, you just brought just a ton of value to that guy's life. And uh, I got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and uh, anytime I try to focus more on myself, it never ends up, you know, no too good. So I'm always trying to focus <laughs> on the people and, and solving, solving what they have there, helping them out. Uh, one thing I would add too is we actually have the ability to sign off our whole entire position in the portfolio at any time. So like say uh, Nick, me, you and Jim, you know, if we're, we're in it, we get a year in, someone comes about, they get, Hey, I'll give you X amount for your term. So we can just get on out of there and, and just, just take our money and go on to the next deal. So, um, you know, every situation, real estate deal or any other, you know, transaction you do, you know, can be, you know, creative. And that's what I loved about it is there's a lot of creativity that went into this from, from both sides, the seller and the buyer. Uh, but 
um, I loved how it came together. And, and from the seller's perspective, there's a lot of moving parts on our end. But from the seller's perspective, they're getting all payment they want, and then they're getting their income, uh, you know, monthly for 18 three quarters years plus they get, you know, collateral to build. So for them, they're like, hey, this is this is working out great, and we got the price we wanted. So in our end, we're like, hey, this is great. You know, yes, this is going to be delayed gratification, but you know, it's going to work out well for us too. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add into this before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. One other thing I would I would put in there is when you own real estate, I guess it was Trump who maybe passed the tax law or something. Uh, but you know, you can do a cost segregation, and currently I think you can do it for a few more years. But like on that ten unit and some of the other ones, on the day of close, I'll get. Um, a cost segregation guy go out there, which means we can pull our depreciation and, and real estate a good amount of it up in year one. So then we'll be able to offset some of our taxes and take that depreciation year one. If we don't use it, that'll roll over indefinitely until we do. So then we can have the time value of money work in our favor. Yeah, I love it. So we've got uh, one of the assets that we just recorded, Jim and I did, was about the, the cash flow quadrant. And those of you that aren't familiar with the cash flow quadrant, uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it a lot. And uh, we've got a great little video that'll be out uh, very soon about the cash flow quadrant. But, you know, the, the wealthy reside only on one side of it. And uh, they, they know how to partner with the government um, to solve the government's problems. In this case, it's, it's about housing. And uh, we're partnering with them. So they're going to give us a break to do that. And it's not how much money you make. It's how much money you keep and how long you keep it and how many generations it impacts. So that's, that's why we're in this space uh, uh, doing this. It's one of the reasons we're in this space doing this is uh, because, you know, we want to keep more of the money that we earn. Yeah, no, totally agree with that too. So whether we're going to do a, a part two or do like a YouTube video we can send out, how do you, how do you want to do that? Yeah, we'll, we'll record a, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to record a, a, a YouTube video that's going to outline, outline some of the numbers. So you can listen to this, you'll be able to see the numbers. And then in six or 12 months, we're going to come back and revisit this. And we're going to, we're going to give you a follow up on, on how the deal's going. Um, but I want you to think, you know, you, if you listen to this episode, you got a ton of value out of it. Please take it, share it with, with someone you know that is, is trying to get into real estate investing or trying to look at creative ways. Uh, you can schedule an appointment with uh, Harper or myself. Go to createtailwind.com, uh, schedule a meeting. We'll get with you uh, promptly to do that. And, and, you know, as you were talking today, Harper, I thought about something that I learned at a leadership conference just a couple months ago. It said, What's the one thing that you could do today? that if you did it would make all the difference in the world. And as we're doing that, you know, take that one little thing, you, you approached the seller with one little thing at a time that would make all the difference. You know, if you're trying to just start uh, in real estate investing, just know you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. Just solve one little problem. You know, you don't have to do it on your own. You know, we've been, we've been talking for a couple of years here repetitively on the show. It's about who are we going to partner with? You know, we've got a finite amount of time. We want to, we want to leverage everyone's skill sets and time so we can all rise together. And I think that that's what we try to do here is try to provide value uh, for everyone. And uh, thank you, Harper, for coming on and uh, sharing this. Uh, we appreciate the value you've brought to this show and, and to our audience and to, to our clients. And uh, till next time, take one step to break away from the herd. Good day. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. 
Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.